Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Speaking of traveling the world, we're here in beautiful Taipei, Taiwan, home of uh, the invention of bubble tea, amazing night markets, and uh, incredible people. And we're having a fabulous time here in the capital, Taipei, learning some Mandarin as well. I learned uh, Mandarin earlier today. It was quite difficult, obviously, with the pronunciation and uh, grammar and all, but hey, it's uh, definitely part of travel to learn the local language. You can connect with the locals. And as we're traveling here in Asia and beyond, we're still doing our interview series where we interview different entrepreneurs and uh, world travelers from around the world. And I'm super excited whenever I interview a fellow Canadian who's actually from my city. And uh, our guest today is Terry Holland. She's from Vancouver. We've had the chance to meet at uh, different uh, business networking events. Uh, she's an NLP trainer, neuro-linguistic programming trainer, uh, hypnosis ther trainer, timeline therapy trainer, NLP coach trainer, and she's a speaker and coach at the Empowered Life Academy. And you can find out more about Terry at terryholland.ca and the empoweredlifeacademy.com. Plus, she's a fellow podcaster just like me. So uh, super excited to get Terry here on the show to discuss uh, all about these different uh, topics in much more detail. So Terry, how are you doing over there in beautiful Vancouver, BC, Canada today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And I just want to apologize if there's any bad Wi-Fi uh, because here I am in my hostel. Unfortunately, the hostel Wi-Fi isn't that great. So there might be a little bit of lag, a little bit of hiccups, but life as a digital nomad means you're never going to have perfect Wi-Fi. So apologies in advance if there's any internet issues. Uh, so Terry, why don't we get to know you a little bit better? Why don't uh, you share a little bit more about yourself, your background, uh, for the sake of all the people who are listening and watching. Sure. Sure. So I'm a trainer of NLP hypnosis and timeline therapy, and I've been doing that. I started NLP about four years ago, and it and went through all my training over the last five years. Um, I got into that because I was before that I was a personal trainer, and I completely burnt out and went through a bit of a health crisis, and needed to figure out who I was. So I hired a coach who did NLP hypnosis and timeline therapy new way that I could help people. Sounds great. And uh, obviously, these are three different modalities, but there's uh, definitely interconnectedness between the three. Uh, so I'd love to do a deeper dive into understanding them. A lot of our listeners and viewers, they might have heard about these terms, especially NLP. That's probably the most popular one. Hypnosis, obviously, it's very popular. But timeline therapy, not as popular. Uh, so let's get into that one by one. Uh, firstly, why do we define what is NLP? Because it might mean different things to different people. How would you define it? Absolutely. So NLP is neuro-linguistic programming. So neuro meaning your neurology, the human nervous system. You label your experience. What are the words you use to communicate with others? How do you communicate verbally and non-verbally? So, so it really is the language of the mind. And then the programming piece is how your language programs your behavior to get results. So that's the summed up version of NLP. Very simply put, NLP is the study of excellence. And then hypnosis, NLP, hypnosis is when you put someone in a state of trance, which is like very similar to meditation or the 
quite awake yet. You're still kind of dreamy, but you also are aware that you're in your bedroom. That's a state of trance. And it's mind and make suggestions for change. So that's hypnosis. And timeline therapy came out of NLP and hypnosis, kind of how your mind organizes time. So there's, you have a way of knowing what's the past and what's the future based on how your mind codes that information. Change maybe um, a limiting decision or a limiting belief that occurred in the past and change that so it's no longer a problem going forward. Yeah. You definitely have a wealth of experience and expertise in all three of these areas. So I'm so, super excited to pick your brain and to learn more info. And this is why I love being a podcast host because even uh, if no one listens to my show, I get to you know, uh, be on the hot seat here and get all this info. And I know, you know, we have thousands of people listening and watching, but it's super exciting for me as the host. Uh, so NLP, uh, you know, hypnosis, timeline therapy, I'd love to hear kind of the practical application. Um, you know, obviously you can go to a practitioner and get, uh, you know, um, counseling or uh, coaching or consulting on all these topics, but how can we as individuals use these in our everyday lives if we don't necessarily want to go to uh, a counselor or uh, get some sessions. How can we do it ourselves? It affects every aspect of our lives. It can be used in any context. So whenever you have communication with another person, there's an opportunity to use Say um, in a sales context, I do a lot of coaching with my clients on sales. So if you're communicating with someone, would it be beneficial? By their mind, or to be able to very quickly understand how they communicate so that now you can adapt your communication what you need to say. Or in relationships, it's really powerful in communicating with a partner or spouse. Often in a relationship, it's a communication breakdown, it's challenges in relationships. So being able to communicate with anyone in any relationship in any context of life in a way that So that's a, like sort of the big picture overview of how you can use it in everyday life. And then simple behavioral modifications. So if you have a habit, maybe you're doing something that you don't like. Maybe you're procrastinating and you'd like to break that cycle of procrastination. NLP has techniques. So who here is a procrastinator? Or are you waiting to raise your hands? <laughs> I totally love the joke about procrastination. So in terms of NLP in practice, I'd love to use, yeah, exactly. yeah, I'd love to use a, a specific <laughs> example. Uh, so of course, our show, uh, a lot of the focus is on travel, making money online. And uh, one of the barriers to people traveling is the affordability. I can't afford to travel. It's too expensive. Maybe one day uh, it's on my bucket list. Uh, maybe it's not safe. So people have these kind of, you know, language, new linguistic programming. So let's use this specific example of those kind of phrases that prevent people from traveling. They, they kind, of, kind of put up a wall. So how do we smash through the wall using your strategy of NLP? Yeah, absolutely. So those would be examples of limiting decisions or limiting beliefs. So meaning that a person that it's scary or any of those things, at some point they decided that. So we can use timeline therapy to 
go back to the moment and then undecide it, make a new choice going forward. That's one way to deal with it. Another way is we do a lot of reframing in NLP. So look, it feel like it's too expensive, but expensive compared to what? Is it more expensive than say buying a house in Vancouver? Is it more expensive than a college degree? And where are you gonna get what's the better experience for you lifelong? So decisions in our mind and we think, well, that's too expensive. And the moment we say that's too expensive implies that we're linguistically implies that we're the comparison to. And when we look at it from that way, it starts to reframe that thinking in the mind and the person realizes maybe it's not too expensive after all. Yeah, I love, I love those uh, kind of uh, spins. You definitely spun it around really well there because uh, relative to real estate in Vancouver, I always say this joke, we left Vancouver and uh, we couldn't afford to live in Vancouver, so we traveled the world instead. You know, poor us. <laughs> but, the, you know, it's true. It's, it's true to some degree because, like, it was so expensive. Uh, we were, like, barely struggling to pay off a mortgage. We were both busy working parents. And now that we're traveling, we're staying in cheap countries, like, you know, Philippines is quite cheap, Taiwan is fairly cheap. So uh, now we can actually live a better life because we're still making money, like, you know, U.S. dollars, Canadian dollars, but we're spending, like, uh, the local currency. So relative to our home back, back home, uh, life back home, it is definitely cheaper. So, yeah, I, I love the reframing aspect you just uh, alluded to. Uh, so we've covered NLP. Uh, hypnosis is such a controversial unfortunately there's a lot of negative stereotypes maybe because people have uh, seen hypno hypnotherapists who kind of like mess it up but uh, hypnotherapy there's a lot of science to it and uh, obviously uh, it's not like those uh, hypnotherapists kind of joke uh, you know uh, throwing out the jokes and making people look foolish uh, so let's reframe hypnosis as well because people have this negative so, some people some people have a negative stereotype of what hypnosis is so let's you and me here uh, Terry Let's reframe hypnosis in a positive light to all those naysayers. <laughs> Sounds good. So hypnosis has been misunderstood at confusing people and what hypnosis is. So hypnosis is never power over another person. It's following instructions. And if you did that, you would be doing that, not me. I'm giving a suggestion. And then you have a choice to either close your eyes or not close your eyes. So based on their ability and their decision to follow the instructions. If I were to ask you in hypnosis to do something or something that violated your vow wasn't safe for you, you would reject the suggestion immediately. Your unconscious mind has one of its prior things or isn't in alignment with who you are. So a person will not actually do anything in hypnosis that they wouldn't do outside of hypnosis. So then people usually ask me, what about the big stage shows and people act silly and they cluck like chickens? Yeah, it's a numbers game. So when you have a large group of people, a certain percentage are going to be the highly people up on stage. And those people that cluck like chickens, they would do that at a party anyway. They don't need a suggestion or trance to do that don't want to be in the spotlight are the ones who will never get up on stage and then they might say afterwards i wasn't hypnotized i didn't go on stage i can't be hypnotized do it so we can't make anyone do anything in hypnosis 
Yeah, part of me, when I see so, some of those kind of uh, far-flung, over-the-top hypnosis uh, shows, I think it might be some plants there. Or even, uh, I think, back to my friend uh, who actually got called up. Uh, he was not a plant. He got called up. But he started overreacting, and he kept saying, I lost my belly button. And he freaked out. He's like, I lost my belly button. Where's my belly button? Have you anyone in the audience seen my belly button? And then later, I was like, Victor, was that for real? And he's like, remember, Ricky, I'm an actor. <laughs> so he was basically just uh, acting on stage and just putting on a show. And he was not part of the hypnosis show at all. He was just having fun. So I just think back about that example. But, you know, um, in terms of hypno hypnotherapy, in terms of how you do it. So explain kind of your process in terms of it's more 101. And what, is, what are you doing in terms of uh, with the client? Uh, because I think people have this fear of uh, loss of control. And like you said, maybe that, uh, you know, the other person's going to control me, but yeah. w walk us through your process. If someone hires you for hypnotherapy. Don't hire me for just hypnotherapy. I combine everything that I do because I find that's the most effective when I am using hypnosis with a creative relaxation. So we gain a lot of rapport first. It's not, they don't just show up for the first appointment and I say, go into a trance. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Get into rapport. Um, what I always tell my clients is don't expect to feel like you're in a trance. Don't expect to forget everything. Forget what's happened in hypnosis. Meaning 98% of people will remember everything that happened and all the suggestions that happened. So it's not, like really just a deep state of rest and they hear my voice the whole time and they are free to reject thing one of the questions that comes up a lot with clients is I have to go to the washroom in the middle of it and I say well your unconscious mind will wake you up and you'll tell me I need to use the washroom and I'll say, there's nothing will happen in hypnosis that you don't want to have happen that is very, very reassuring, uh, Terry. Uh, so now we come up to your third major specialty, which is timeline therapy. I had a chance to actually do a session with a friend of mine, uh, Constance, and it was quite phenomenal because we got to, uh, you know, kind of hover over myself and look at my past, look at my present, look at my future. And it was quite a unique state. I'd never, ever done it before. I hadn't even heard of this therapy until about a few months ago. So I personally found it very valuable. Uh, tell us about... Um, what is timeline therapy in terms of when did, when did it develop? Because it's fairly new relative to NLP and hypnosis. So tell us about the origins of timeline therapy and how does it work? Yeah, absolutely. So it's great that you worked with Constance. Um, timeline therapy was started by Dr. Tad James, who is my trainer. And he started about 35 years ago. trainer of NLP and he studied with the founders of NLP so he was he liked to play around and experiment with things and he he didn't invent the timeline comes from hypnosis there's there's talk of the timeline before Tad James and it utilize this how can, what can we do with this timeline and he started to play around and experiment and one day him standing at the same intersection in Hawaii um, on their way to a restaurant and the student said to Tad she said you know I really wish there was something in and all all this anger I feel all the time 
And Tad said, well, do you want to play? I've been experimenting with something. And Shay said, sure. And so right there in the And when he was finished, he said, now how do you feel? And she said, the anger is gone. And then he knew he was on to something good. So he continued to tweak the today. So obviously with these three areas, these three modalities, you do a lot of training, coaching, speaking, podcasting about these uh, subjects under your banner called the Empowered Life Academy. Tell us about the Empowered Life Academy. How did they come up with the name? Because even the name itself is very empowering just to say it. So tell us about the origin of the name and uh, tell us a little bit about business. <laughs> before I had gone for my training, I launched the podcast and I didn't know what to call it. And I had just said, I was there talking about podcasting and something lit up inside me. And I thought I can do that. I can, this is something that excited me. Call it, what will I call it? And just out of the blue, the name, the empowered life came to me. And I don't know where that came from. It just popped into my head. search there was nothing else called the empowered life so I decided to go with it I liked it and I started thinking about well I didn't know what it would be I didn't know what I would talk about I was still at that point I was still in the personal training business and I had certification so I was just starting to transition and I didn't know what I would be speaking about and training on and Academy and you were training people and I said well I guess the empowered life Academy it made sense because the podcast was the empowered life so I was going in the and then life happened and I started going for NLP trainings and one thing led to the other and then at the end of it I realized well now I had no and I it all came together Awesome. And I'd love to cover your podcast as well. You've been podcasting for a few years now. So what are the major themes and topics? Obviously, these three uh, modalities fit into there. But tell us a little bit more about the podcast and uh, what are the episodes about? So in the podcast, I focus more on entrepreneurs and mindset, success strategies. So I don't talk so much from NLP. So it's, I try to take out, NLP has a ton of jargon. So I try to de-jargonize all the NLP stuff for people and make it more so people get tangible tools that they can use every day. You're right on that in terms of it is a little bit over uh, jargonized. So it's good that you make it very practical. Even on this episode, you're really enlightening all of our viewers and listeners. So you actually not only like uh, teach on it, but you train people to become practitioners. Uh, how does that work? Is it uh, one-on-one? Is it a small group? Is it online? Is it offline? Uh, is it a membership site? Courses? Uh, tell us about what are the different options of people who want to get more into this uh, through you personally. How can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. So my trainings are certification trainings because I think it's really important in NLP that you work with people. People try to learn NLP in a book. You have to really work with people to learn. And for me as a trainer, I want to know that when I sign someone's certificate that I know that they know what they're doing, especially if they're going to use it in coaching, it's important 
see them practice. So I do those live and I run them. I run the practitioner training four times a year. And then I'm also starting the master practitioner once a year. And that's just the next level of training. And then I also offer smaller trainings for people who maybe don't want to practice NLP or in communication. So I have a sales training that's about to launch online. I've been doing that live and taking that online people that become more efficient in your sales process. And then also a speaker training that we're launching next weekend to help people speak effectively using NLP. What amazing resources. And I'm glad you're doing the online version too, because a lot of our listeners and viewers, they're scattered across the globe. Some of them are in Europe, some are in Australia, a lot of them are in Asia. Of course, some are in Vancouver, my hometown and your hometown. So they're all scattered. So I'm glad you have that uh, online option for people too. Uh, otherwise, they can obviously fly into Vancouver or they can drive in if they're in that vicinity. Uh, so tell us about, um, you mentioned obviously you can use NLP for speaking and for sales. And uh, a lot of our viewers and listeners, they are in business, they're entrepreneurs, and every business, the number one uh, you know, requirement is you need to be able to sell. And again, a lot of people say this, I hate to sell. I hate selling. And again, poor framing, right? So they need to first say, I love to sell. Selling so much fun. So in terms of how do you make selling more fun using NLP, any tips or strategies you can give to our entrepreneurial friends who are watching and listening to this podcast? Totally. I hear that I go into a group of people or a group of professionals and I say, how many of you are in sales? And they all put up their hands and I say, how many of you love it? And no one's hand goes up or very few go. Up. And I find that really interesting because a lot of entrepreneurs get into business because we want to help people. We have something that we can offer someone else and we can help make their lives better. Is that the word sell comes from the Norwegian word selje, which means to serve. So selling just means to serve. So I say, if you, if you have to sell them something, the sale is just a transaction, which allows you to now help them without that. There's no help. So sales are service that so you have to, to give service to someone, there has to be a transaction, an exchange of energy, money has to exchange hands. And sales itself, people don't like the, what people generally don't like about sales is they feel like it's pushy. Uh, they feel like it's manipulative. And I say that there's no manipulation when there's a win-win. So you only sell to someone if it's a win-win situation. Making something better if there's an opportunity to help them. If there's no opportunity, then they're not your client. That's when sales get really pushed is when they're trying to sell. There's no opportunity to make their life better. And then using NLP techniques, we make sales very comfortable. So we use the five-step massive levels of rapport. People buy from who they like and trust. It's how to establish that very quickly. And then being able to understand their language cues really quickly so that now you deliver what you have to say in their language in a way that they can hear it and understand they buy your product or your service, they've already had a picture in their mind of what it would be like to use it. Then is to picture in their mind. If you do that, then you close the sale. If you don't do that, then you haven't done a good job. So 80% of people 
are already they already know exactly what they want you just have to match it and when you ask the right questions and you link value to that then you can match exactly what it is they want easy to sell definitely well put i i never heard that uh, definition of selling in terms of uh, the root word the etymology it's all about serving so when you ask that kind of survey question how many people love to sell if, if you ask the question how many people love to serve and help people almost everyone would have put up their hands so in a way uh, you know if you just reframe it again to that uh, this, uh, the, the derivative the origin to serving makes much more sense so i'm going to be using that when i hear the next person who says i hate to sell they're going to get that example i'll give it credit <laughs> to <laughs> so uh, lastly, I want to talk about speaking too, uh, because a lot of uh, digital nomads, they are speaking around the world, and uh, a lot of people also struggle with speaking. Of course, it's one of the biggest fears in the world, right? A lot of people would rather be in the casket rather than giving the eulogy, so to speak. So there's this uh, fear of speaking. Uh, so tell us about uh, conquering the fear of speaking, and I'd love to hear kind of how you integrate NLP into speaking, uh, into you plant the sale throughout the speech, or give some wisdom there in terms of speaking NLP, NLP style. You're right, most people are terrified of public speaking. So the first thing is conquering that fear, which is, I use timeline therapy for that. From the past, they've decided that they're afraid of it. They've had an experience where maybe they said something in class and they got laughed at or something happened. So first we get rid of the fear, the anxiety model. It's a technique coming from timeline therapy again. And it's just a process of focusing your mind to what you want. Because any kind of anxiety, it's an unconscious warning that you're focused on what you don't want. So we redirect the mind to focus on the outcomes you do want. And when you do that, anxiety goes away. So we start there at the and then it's practice. So often that fear comes from, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't trust that I'll remember it. So through process of how to practice your speech, how to prepare it, how you can actually take your talk, your speech, and install exactly what to say when, and that you can trust yourself to know that. We also teach something called, in NLP, it's called the learning state with speakers. And it's how you open up your vision to go into peripheral vision while you're speaking. Neurologically, it allows you to sustain your unique feel to be in contact with the room the whole time, to feel the room energetically, to have, and it doesn't matter if you're speaking to five people or 5,000 people, you have an entire awareness of the room. So you know if the audience is with you or if they're not with you and how you need to pivot or redirect your talk to gain their engagement principles for how to engage the audience really quickly so we teach that language patterns for engagement and then from the sailing from selling we teach how you can very subtly start planting seeds for your sale throughout the talk so that it doesn't become the big sales push at the end that right you go to a talk and it's like maybe it's a 45 minute talk and it's 30 minutes of content and 15 minutes of a sale at the end and do that. I don't like to put a sale at the end. I like to plant seeds throughout and then say, if you want more information, come talk to me at the back of the room so I can deliver value for that whole. 
there's no people who want to speak to me after because I've planted the seeds and I've given suggestions for what they might like to do next. And it people who are watching, it's a lot more comfortable. It doesn't create that pushy sales atmosphere. Some solid tips, solid tips. And I know you've just wet an appetite that people wanted to uh, obviously be registering for your whole speaking course uh, to really, uh, you know, <laughs> So uh, in closing, I'm curious to know about your future vision because you obviously have authority in these subjects. You've developed amazing programs on this. You're speaking and coaching and training on this. So what is your vision for the future? Are you going to uh, basically integrate more modalities into what you're doing already? Are you going to take it global in terms of speaking around the world? Are you going to be doing it a lot more online? Tell us a little bit about the future. You know, uh, I'd love to hear what's coming up. Yeah, so my, my big picture vision is to take it globally. That's my, the thing that I love the most is speaking and training from the stage. So I would like to be traveling as much as possible. So my, my big picture dream is to help transform the planet. And that comes from my trainer, Tad James. I adopted it from him. And I know do that is to be speaking and training as many people as possible. So I don't intend to add more modalities into the work I do. I feel like what I be just sharing those modalities and training as many people as I can in them. Well, Terry, you're definitely a hidden gem over there in Vancouver because I, I think the world needs to know your message because uh, you can definitely help millions and millions of people and they're definitely waiting for you. Uh, so I look forward to seeing this vision unravel in the next few uh, weeks, months, and years. Uh, so Terry, uh, you know, if people wanted to connect with you, uh, take you up on your trainings, um, how can they do that? Tell us about your sites and podcasts and different ways that they can connect. Sorry, I think you just cut out there. I missed a little last bit of what you said. Yes, uh, you know, so far it's been pretty good, the podcast, but every now and then there might be a little bit of hiccup. Uh, all I was asking is like, uh, you know, if people wanted to, uh, you know, listen to your podcast and connect you with social media and register for some of your courses and sign up to your email list and, uh, you know, uh, connect deeper and reach out, how can they do that? What is your preferred method of communication? Absolutely. So the podcast is The Empowered Life, and it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. It's wherever, wherever you listen to a podcast, you should be through social media. So either on Facebook at Terry Holland Coaching or on Instagram. The easiest to find me that I find. And you can always find me through my website as well. TerryHolland.ca is the one that's access me and I, I love to meet with people and to to give a 30-minute complimentary consultation well there you go take her up on that offer even in this 30 minutes of the podcast uh, I asked a lot of kind of uh, overview type questions but hey when you take Terry up on that 30 minutes uh, private 
personalized session, you're going to be really going deep and uncovering those hidden blocks. And even in the 30 minutes, I guarantee you, you'll, uh, you'll uncover something that uh, you didn't even know was there. So uh, definitely take up Carrie on that. And make sure you tell her that you found it about it through our podcast. So once again, those links are kerryholland.ca and the empoweredlifeacademy.com and of course the Empowered Life uh, podcast as well. And, of course, uh, Terry Holland across social media. Uh, so, Terry, uh, great to connect again. And thanks so much for all of your insights here on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. And as they say in Taiwan, she she. Thank you. Uh, so thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode from Digital Nomad Mastery, live on location here in the capital of Taiwan, Taipei. And uh, make sure you follow us along on our journey as well so you can check out more pictures, videos, blog posts, and get inspired to travel the world. Uh, thanks, everyone. Happy travels, and we'll catch up with you in the next episode.